Welcome to Mind, Body, and Spite, where each episode we will be taking a deep dive into the disorders of both mind and body with a hell of a lot of spite thrown in. We are not medical doctors, therefore the information and opinions contained in this podcast should not be taken as medical advice. Although, with as much research as we've done, we really should get honorary degrees. So sit back, relax, and learn some fancy medical terminology, the signs and symptoms of a disorder, and how to survive. Then, learn how it really feels. Hey friends, Shalina here. Just to let you know that this episode does contain mention of medication, self-harm, and suicidal ideation, as well as hospitalization. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone. We are back. We are talking about bipolar 1 and 2. Anna has bipolar 1 and I have bipolar 2. So we are going to kind of talk about the differences, the similarities, and how they both present. So if you want to take it away, kind of describe what bipolar is, like the definition, and then how it really affects you. Okay, as a therapist and the daughter of a psychiatrist who specializes in bipolar and someone who's had bipolar since I was 15 and I'm 28, I feel like I have like a lot of different types of insight. So I don't even know where to start. Like it was always a part of my life growing up because my dad specialized in it and the DSM, like the book we use for diagnosis, people didn't know what it was. And I was three years old and knew what it was. My dad was like reading it on the porch, you know, <laughs> and he was always teaching me about it. And so when I, I have other disorders as well, but so when I was 13, I started having like behavioral issues, a lot of like aggression, anger, and bipolar in adolescence, the ma- mania often presents as aggression a lot of the time. So I was going to like psychiatrist, psychiatrist, and I was also having like really profound depression. I was being hospitalized for like self-harm, suicidal ideation, all this stuff. And my dad knew I had bipolar, but wasn't going to treat me. So they're taking me psychiatrist, psychiatrist, and they just keep being like, she has behavioral issues, you know, like we should send her away to like a reform school. And my parents are like, no, like she's a straight A student. She's not, she doesn't have behavioral issues. She clearly has bipolar. And it got to the point that, you know, connections, doctors to doctor, you get connections. I ended up seeing a, a like childhood bipolar specialist in Boston who works at Mass General. And so at age 15, I finally got the diagnosis and she called me poster child for bipolar like adolescent and then as i got older it kind of you know i started medications but it was very long process to find the right medications because i'm treatment resistant which means i require more medications to treat it than the average person might and so it was like a long like 10-year haul and i started presenting with more like adult bipolar where so bipolar one versus bipolar two the main difference is the mania is more severe in bipolar one. So one episode that comes to mind is when I was 16 for like a three or four month, like the whole summer, I was like doing drugs. I was like staying out and doing cocaine and all this stuff. And then I'd go home and all night I would like draw and paint and write. And then I'd watch the sunrise, like smoke a cigarette while I watch the sunrise because the mentally ill like to smoke. After the sun rose at 6 a.m., I'd go to bed and then the clockwork, wake up at 8 a.m. And this was a whole summer of that and i was already on some medications at the time so bipolar one can be a lot 
even more severe. I've had two psychotic episodes, one where I thought I was a witch. Like, not like I read tarot cards. Like, I actually thought I was a witch. I, like, thought I was seeing demons in my closet. Another one after a surgery. Um, steroids are really bad for bipolar. And they were blowing them into my brain because I broke my ankle, had to get surgery. And after that, I... This is really embarrassing. Um, I thought I had like a really high IQ. Like I do, but like, it was like really high. And I was like convinced it was increasing by the hour. Like to the point that my mom later told me after it was over that she had to Google schizophrenia because she was convinced I was like psychotic from that. Luckily, my dad knew that psychosis can happen in bipolar one. And I reached mm -hmm. out to my psychiatrist readjusted my meds and it was fixed like in a day because she knows what she's doing. Mm -hmm. But my mom and my brother both thought I had schizophrenia, which would have been okay, but I, I don't. That's kind of just like a sort of what it's like. How about you? So, you know, with bipolar two, like you said, the mania is not as bad and the depression is more pronounced. So with my typomania, where she'll sleep for none to two hours, I will get away with five or six hours of sleep when I usually need nine or tens. That'll be when I know I'm a hypomanic, when I'm just very irritable, I'm barely sleeping. And it's especially like the last few months, I would stay up to like midnight and then go to bed and then like wake up at eight and feel fine, which for me, that's weird. And especially it takes me like an hour to go to sleep. Are you like so aware of your tells? I have to be so aware. I have to avoid so much stuff. Like if I, last time I took Sudafed for three days, I got into a manic episode where I couldn't sleep more than an hour. I had to use Thorazine because nothing would put me to sleep. So I'm constantly avoiding like everything that might cause it. And then super hyper aware of episodes coming on. I'll start dressing really slutty. Nothing wrong with that, but not like myself or I'll buy like crazy things or... I just have all these weird shopping tells. I'll get it in my mind and especially hobbies. I'm really bad with hobbies and that's also part of the ADHD. Which is so common with bipolar. Right. It's so common to have both ADHD and a multitude of anxiety disorders. Like I have generalized anxiety and OCD and I know you have. I have OCD tendencies. Yeah. It's not full blown OCD. I have so many letters in all of my medical files. So like between PTSD and ADHD and bipolar two, they think that that is like all contributes to why I have the OCD tendencies, but it's not like OCD. I would have to get up a few times at night to check the doors and they're like, oh, well, yeah, that's, that's OCD behavior, but that's from the PTSD because you were robbed because the door wasn't locked. I always want to hear more about people's depression. I, I don't know if it's really true that the depression is worse with bipolar two than it is with bipolar one, but it is more prominent for mm -hmm. sure. I know I think you, it's longer episodes and more common. Yeah. Like you, a bipolar one, I think you have more manic episodes than from bipolar one. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to hear about what your depression is kind of like. My worst depressions ever, you know, are very dark. I have not had one of those for eight years um that's been kind of my lowest one and i've only had one psychotic episode don't know if it was in a hypomanic episode or if it was in a depressive episode i was just under a lot of stress and lots of things happened and i had to argue with the psychiatrist because i did go to the hospital the beds are shit but the food was actually pretty good but the psychiatrist there was arguing with me that I was not have psychosis because I knew they were delusions. And I'm like, listen, 
I hear voices, like there's this little person that's about two feet tall to the right side of me telling me that I'm dumb. But I know it's not there. Yeah. It doesn't mean I'm not hearing it. So his kind of like, well, that's not really psychosis. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm hearing shit. So yeah. it's like, well, if it was real psychosis, you wouldn't know you were delusional. Like you wouldn't know it was a hallucination. Okay, but I'm I'm also very aware of my body and I know there's not a little person. And aware of your bipolar because you have to be really on top of it. Right. That kind of leads into what I was going to ask you guys earlier. Like being hyper aware of your tells or your symptoms or whatever, like does that have the potential to backfire on you from the standpoint of, you know, yourself. And so you're able to say like, I know this isn't real, but I'm still experiencing it and I would like Mm -hmm. help with it. But then there's the other side of it is being aware, just like fighting the tells or being aware of the tells ever backfire in the sense that that alone can set you off. Does that make sense? Yeah. Not for me. No, I, and it's not the, oh, I'm shopping a lot. Oh, I must be hypomanic. And then it's, no, it's more of a, I have this overwhelming urge that for like, for example, I got really irritated that I had to kind of be professional with my hair color. And I had to go back to kind of like more red and instead of my blues and purples. And I'm just like, I have to do this. And I bought three wigs that I have yet to wear. They were cheap wigs. wigs wigs They were cheap wigs. They were Amazon. They were like 20 bucks a piece. Because I got the three wigs, I had to get a wig head to put them on. And then I obviously had to get the styling set to go with that because you just have to. My worst spending was only $600 in one day. So that's my worst. Oh, I can do that not manic. <laughs> well, and, and so I heard, like, in some of the Facebook groups that I'm in, I've heard people are like, I'm definitely manic. Like, I just spent $10,000. My $600 is still not great. I think it's also wild because since I'm on medication, if I do have an episode now, it's more hypomanic. And it's, it's like, frustrating in two different ways. One being that... I get so scared that I'm getting manic that if I'm just having a good day or a good week, mm-hmm. I'm like, yes. is this mania or am I just in a good mood for once? Mm-hmm. But it's frustrating because like, I want the hypomania because hypomania, if it's not too severe, can be really helpful, like really goal-driven, directive, getting things done, creative, and a lot of really successful entrepreneurs and like artists, poets, all these people. I have a poetry degree. Like a lot of them have bipolar and the mania, if it's not out of control, can really push a lot of excelling in life and creativity and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then there's a crash at the end. And for me, my depression is interesting in that I just, I skip every criteria for depression. <laughs> and I'm just like insanely suicidal, mm-hmm. like without any of the other symptoms. So I seem fine, but I'm just like constantly thinking about suicide. And that was one of the things with my meds for 10 years straight, I woke up every day wanting to kill myself. Mm-hmm. And I was in and out of the psych ward, psychiatric hospital, to say that as a therapist, I was in and out a lot. And I really bad like self-harm behaviors. And I got on the right medicine and I woke up the next morning and I just didn't feel that way. And it was same with like, I had like addiction issues. And like, I woke up one morning and I was like, oh, I can have one beer. And that sounds insane. Like, I don't think that's how it works for most people. But it was like, a whole long process when we finally got it right it was like oh wow and, I, and i'm on a lot of meds but i feel most i feel like more like myself when i'm on them than mm-hmm. i do so whenever someone's like oh do you feel like a zombie i'm like do I, do I seem like a zombie like i'm not but yeah so the depression scares the shit out of me mm-hmm. so if i am getting manic i'm like how can i nip this in the bud before it crashes because yeah. it always crashes yeah. well how can you 
you reach out to your psychiatrist <laughs> and you adjust your medication a little. Okay. That's the thing about bipolar too. It's frustrating is like you're constantly tweaking things. It's not like maybe depression. You're like, oh, this SSRI works for me. It's you're like, okay, now I have to tweak this and I have to tweak that. And you don't get that certainty of I can just take this the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. So that can be really frustrating. I text my psychiatrist like because so much random stuff can come up and then you have to tweak this, you have to tweak that, you have to add this for a little, lower this for a little, raise this for a little, and it's a never-ending kind of process. And accepting that you're stuck on the meds forever is definitely a whole thing. Well, and I'd imagine that adds to the hyper-awareness of it too, where like you always have to be tuned in. You can never just be living with it. It's like there's a constant awareness of it. Yeah, for sure. But I also hate like, because when you are medicated, we're both therapists. You can live a normal life. This is my second master's degree. You can live and do normal things, but people have all the stigma that bipolar is like crazy and you can't ever live a normal life. Reality is, like I said earlier, like a lot of entrepreneurs have it, artists, and you can totally live a good life and it can have benefits when it does. Because mm -hmm. your brain is wired differently than mm -hmm. other people's. Mm -hmm. Like if you looked at Shalina's my brains, like they would be wired differently and it makes me more creative and stuff. We're both creative people for sure. And I attribute that to my bipolar because no one in my family is creative at all. So it must be from that, right? <laughs> Let's go with that. Yeah, so with me, I didn't even get diagnosed until I was like 33, 34 when I was hospitalized with psychosis. And that was like the first time that I had ever heard it. And I didn't even know bipolar 2 existed because I was an undergrad and I was doing criminal justice major with a lot of psychology classes, but we never got into like diagnostic classes. When I got admitted and he was like, okay, well you have bipolar two. And I'm like, is that worse than bipolar one? Because bipolar <laughs> two is a bigger number. <laughs> and he's like, no, that's less. It's that less severe though. That's right. just like such like a misnomer. It's right. just that the, the mania is less severe. It doesn't mean like the disturbance to your right. life is less severe. I say less severe because my swings aren't as bad to need specific anti-psychotic or bipolar medications. So you're not on bipolar meds? No. I have... Ooh, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I have Wellbutrin and they just upped my Cymbalta because I was definitely in a depressive episode, which I still kind of am, kind of halfway out of it. I was not like my lowest, but definitely like a six out of ten. We'll use that We're bringing the for scale back. <laughs> We'll just use suds for everything. <laughs> I'm on the atypical antipsychotics. Like I'm the, mm -hmm. the full blown. And I hate how those have like, such a bad rep too. It doesn't mean I'm psychotic. It's just that the medications that treat schizophrenia also treat bipolar. And I don't, it's all dopamine related. Yeah. And, but yeah, people hear that. Like you take an antipsychotic. Well, first of all, it's atypical, which means mm -hmm. it's newer and less crazy. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's wild. Like you take that, but it treats like depression. It's like taking an SSRI, but for bipolar. When I first got out of the hospital, I was on Abilify, and then the psychiatric nurse practitioner that I got referred to didn't love Abilify, and so switched me to Lamictal. I lost half my hair. It's like, yeah, this isn't this isn't gonna work. I even forget what we went to, but I still didn't love it. And then also that psychiatric nurse was more convinced that I had ADHD. So she was kind of disagreeing with the psychiatrist at the hospital. I'm like, okay, I mean, I'm open to discussing it. Like, why do you think so? Because I had a 4.0 in undergrad. I was doing well. Like, I definitely am not hyperactive. I don't have the capability of being hyperactive. <laughs> 
I mean, I guess I can talk fast, and I do that. Obviously, sometimes. I talk too fast because yes. you keep telling me to slow down. <laughs> I've only so. told you once. <laughs> Story of my life, Anna, slow down. Mine, I don't think, are as bad. We had to up one of my SSRIs just because I was in a deeper depression than I usually am. See, so that's an interesting thing. So I, I know a lot of my meds because my dad. First of all, I take Lamictal. I like Lamictal. And Lamictal is- I liked Lamictal. Like, Lamictal didn't like me. Yeah. I felt great. My body, not so much. <laughs> and Lamictal is an anticonvulsant, so it's actually like a seizure medication. And so it's, it's wild to me how they figure out these things treat bipolar. Shit, you said something that I wanted to... What did you just say? <laughs> yeah, I have ADHD too, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that's why I don't remember if I exactly remember what I said. <laughs> do you remember what she said? Guys, we're talking about your drugs. You were talking about your depressive <laughs> episode and going up on your symbols. Oh, that's all right. Okay, so, there we go. We made, I, got I don't have ADHD. Here <laughs> Thank we go. you. Okay. So that's interesting, though, because a lot of doctors believe that SSRIs, like serotonin, can actually destabilize bipolar. So a lot of doctors are very like anti having people with bipolar on SSRIs. So that's been an issue with like trying to treat my OCD and stuff because mm-hmm. OCD needs a lot of serotonin and a lot of serotonin can be manic. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like a, how do we play this kind of game? I don't know, it's like a wild puzzle. If you looked at my medication list, it's very long, but then if, like, if you take a minute to understand what each medication does, it all like makes sense. It's like, oh, this is treating this, this is treating that. There's nothing excessive about it. Like a pharmacist will never be like, why are you on this? But the average person is like, you're on a lot of meds. And I'm like, well, this one does this and this one does that. And this is this and this and this and that. So the meds are just wild to me. I want to become a psychiatrist. I'm like, should I go back for my MD? (laughs) You know, since we are therapists, we know that especially back in the day, lithium was kind of the go-to for bipolar one. So have you ever been on lithium? I was on lithium for... A very long time. It was the first medicine I got put on. Made me gain weight. Didn't help me. But people actually still use it a lot because it is really supposed to be good for suicidality. And I was having a lot of issues with that. So I was actually on lithium from age 15 until like 2020 um, during COVID. So what ended up happening was right before COVID, I had the Sudafed issue mm-hmm. and I, the Thorazine, I ended up on Seroquel and that was actually working really well. So I was like, I want to get off my lithium. And everyone was kind of like, no and I was like no this made me gain weight I hate it I have like some thyroid thing from it I just and like it never worked and everyone's like it definitely worked I'm like it never worked made me gain weight I hate it so reluctantly they let me very slowly taper off of it and nothing happened and they were like oh I lost weight though that was nice so oh so it wasn't doing anything and I'm like I've only been saying that for 13 years you know um but I get the fear like when someone is like cutting themselves and hitting arteries and like ending up in the hospital like doing drugs you want them to be on the safe medication but it was nice to finally be heard and be like this isn't doing anything but just causing me problems and it's not as bad of a medicine as people like give it bad rep for and it does help a lot of people it just wasn't helping me but i know my psychiatrist still uses it i know my dad still uses it it just wasn't what i needed do you have any questions about meds I'm so curious what happened, whether it was a mistake or what, where like somebody was like, yeah, this medication that has nothing to do with bipolar or whatever is we're going to try that and see if that works. Like what happens for them to like, you know, a medication is made for a specific purpose and we use it for something else. And that happens in medicine all the time too, where like 
I was dealing with chronic pain and I was on medications for epilepsy. Nothing that I deal with has anything to do with epilepsy, but like that's the medication I'm put on. And I find that fascinating that we figure that out. Yeah. I want to know how. <laughs> it's not really a question for you two, but well, I'm just curious how that happens. I mean, it's like, how did they ever figure out that Viagra causes eight-hour hard-ons? Like, it was originally a heart medication. But my Oma is on Viagra for her heart rate. Right. Right. That's what I'm saying. It was originally a heart medication. And, like, how did they figure out it causes raging heart-ons? I think part like, of what it is. So is I'll tell you how they figured it out. <laughs> Some guy took it and got a raging heart-on if I have to be. But that's like, I think it's just like the capitalism and money is like, yeah. they understand like the chemistry. They're like, this deals with this search receptor. So, and then they want to get patented for as many things as they can, because yeah. then they can extend how long it goes until it goes generic. So we know this helps with this. So it could potentially help with this. So they do it, they do a study. And then mm. if it helps with that, the medicine for like every single autoimmune disease, like they just keep finding more autoimmune diseases it works for. So I feel like that's kind of that kind of thing. Like they're like, cool, this works for this. Can we also make it work for this so we can make more money off of that? But I'm not mad about it because I figured out oh, some stuff yeah, that yeah. like really works. Yeah, no, it's so, it's so fascinating. Cause I think, I mean, that happens a lot with migraines. Like they're just now in 2023, are there, are there medications that are coming out that are specifically for migraines? But up until this year, it's been whatever you can try that's meant for other things that might have an impact on migraines. And I always find that fascinating how we treat ourselves with medication. I think another thing too is like just how they notice, like, yeah, like they notice it does something else yeah. and then they do a study and they're yeah. like, oh, it does do this too. And we're all just testers. Yeah. We're <laughs> guinea pigs. We feel like guinea pigs sometimes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Do you have an obscure, rare, or not well-known disorder that you want to share? Or shine a light on and advocate for? Or just bitch and complain about? Email us at mindbodyandspiked at gmail.com or reach out on our Facebook page. You can also find information about future episodes and ask questions of future guests and recommend disorders for future episodes. Check the show notes or our Facebook page for articles and references used in this episode, including media and reading recommendations. Thank you.